Oh, hey. I'm glad you're here. Games. You know I love them. Not a competitive bone in my body. I, I used to, but I had them removed, like Vigo in Crimes of the Future or the red-nosed guy in Operation. One of the great things about games is that they can be bonding activities between friends. And no, I'm not referring to the Rambo Kid and Rogue Santa in Deadly Games, nor am I referencing the mad javelin thrower who kills teenagers in Fatal Games. I mean board games or tabletop games, trivia games, and especially video games. Not only a party ritual for pre-friends. Is that a term? If you were friends before the game? I don't know. Because sometimes the friendship can be formed during the activity. Now, I didn't start this podcast in hopes of making friends, but I sure have, and I've made some great ones. And in this episode, I think you can hear an actual friendship begin. And all thanks to video games. So without further ado, the film is Brain Scan, the guests work in the realm of video games, and this is VHS. Hello, and welcome to VHS, the podcast where each episode is about a film, and the guest has the profession or experience portrayed in the film. I'm your host, Dirk Marshall, and I implore you to find us on Instagram and Twitter at VHUS underscore podcast. You can also find me on Letterboxd as Dirk Marshall. My guests for this episode are fantastic, so let's meet them individually. First is Melissa Kay. Thank you for being here. Yes, thank you for having me. You are Mecca Melissa on Twitter and Instagram, is that correct? Uh, Instagram, I'm Mecca Mini. Oh, Mecca Mini. Yeah, but Twitter, I'm Mecca Melissa. Excellent. Also joining us is Roger Barr. Thank you for being here. Ahoy there. I'm Mockery. Am I saying it correctly on Twitter and Instagram? Yes, you are. Yeah, it's an old website back in the day when everything was I this and E that in the 90s. So I was like, <laughs> I'm Mockery. Why not? That's uh, great. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the website is imockery.com. Yeah, I hyphen mockery.com, but on Twitter and Instagram, I'm just I mockery, I M O C K E O Y. Yes, I love that. Can you tell us a bit about what the website is up top? It's just kind of like one of the oldest running pop culture, horror, Halloween movies, video game websites uh, that's been around uh, since the late 90s. I've just made tons of video games on there, a lot of articles about weird movies, like a lot of the movies, including one kind of movies we're talking about tonight. And I'm known for doing the two months of Halloween celebration. I started that whole thing. So September 1st, every year, you go on through October. I remember. Yeah, I know you do. (laughs) Melissa makes these incredible minis. They're pretty much representative of everything that I've ever written about and stuff. So I I was lucky to be one of the first to actually order one first when she opened them up to the public. Yeah, you teed me up right for that. Melissa, as somebody who grew up in a video store, the first time I saw one of your minis, I was like, what is this is amazing and then the level of yeah. detail is like staggering oh thank you yeah I, the first one i made was actually it was just for me i was just kind of having fun it was like a pandemic hobby and i also grew up in video stores i'm much older than i look and <laughs> so like all these references and stuff is stuff that i loved and just wanted to include in my minis and stuff so yeah, it's, it's been really fun, and I've done it for about a year now, and Roger's video store is going to be, like, my magnum opus. Yeah. 
because his request that's partly my fault show. yeah <laughs> it's gonna be so sick i gave her a list that's just like a, a scroll that could probably wrap around your house or something it's, it's and i just got a 3d printer too so like <laughs> oh my gosh yeah it's gonna be exciting yeah, I, I used to work in video stores. So when I first saw her, I was like, oh my God, this is just, this speaks to everything I've ever lived in and written yeah. about and everything. I mean, you know, movies is just one of those things I love escaping into. So uh, yeah, it's just it's wonderful. And people can find the images of your minis on multiple places, right? There's Instagram, there's, do you have a website? I do. I have a shop and yes. I have a portfolio site, but mainly I would check my Instagram. I don't have like an official like miniature portfolio site yet, mm -hmm. but I would check my Instagram, Mecca Minis. I also post a lot on TikTok, like some making of videos. It's also Mecca Mini and also on Twitter all the time. So pretty much everywhere. Excellent. She just made one of a classic basement from the 80s and stuff. Every little detail with the books on the shelf. Uh, yeah. Like the stand is extra thick and the, the chair with, you know, just like that, that Oof. exact same kind of fabric. It's fantastic. Yeah. And she, I mean, a testament to how cool her stuff is. Even uh, Elijah Wood uh, bought one first. So yes, he did. Awesome. That's that was, so that cool. Was pretty cool. Yeah. Did he just request a lot of Lord of the Rings stuff? I didn't want to be like too obvious because he gave me his list of movies, which are really awesome. It's more like, you know, not what I expected, but I did sneak in a faculty <laughs> and, yep. and the good son <laughs> because I had to. <laughs> Elijah though, he, he really likes horror yeah. as well. He like, does. I think he's, great he's talked about wanting to remake Elm Street. And of course, you know, he starred in the remake of Maniac, which mm -hmm. was actually a, a good Amazing. remake. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Great soundtrack. Yeah. I have a poster of it up actually in my apartment. Awesome. That'd be great if you snuck that in, not the original, but just the one he was in. I know, right? <laughs> I thought about it. I was very close, but I didn't want him to be like, okay, this is yeah, a fan a making much. my art. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to be like very subtle. <laughs> yeah, I I just had um Rodney from the Dead Milkman on and I wasn't as subtle. I I could I kept getting <laughs> sidetracked with just being like, "You're great," and it's <laughs> just I I did my best. We're brought together by the film Brain Scan from 1994. Melissa, I know this wasn't a first time watch for you. So, what's your history with Brain Scan? Oh, I love Brain Scan. I have liked this movie. It's one of my favorites. I call it my Edward Furlong crush. In front of my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> that Pet Cemetery, Terminator Two. Those were like oh, my. Yeah. Prime pinnacle crush defining movie years. So I've always loved it. And it's very much my avenue of blending sci-fi and horror, video games, like crazy stuff, murder. I love it. And Roger, your history with Brain Scan? Well, I was working in video stores at the time it came out. Yeah. So I definitely remember it from then. And I watched it back then. And, you know, it was just, it felt like one of those cheesy flicks that was just trying to cash in on all the 90s virtual reality craze of the time, you know, <laughs> stuff like uh, The Lawnmower Man yes, and uh, Ar Arcade, if you've ever seen that really cheesy yeah, B-movie yeah, with like it. Seth Green and stuff. It felt like one of those, but what I always remembered from it was the main villain. Yeah. I mean, the trickster. Love him. I know Edward Furlong is like the reason, you know, it, it got any distribution, even on Entertainment Tonight, they promoted it like as his next film and stuff, which is 
a funny interview you can watch on uh, YouTube, <laughs> by the way, because Trixer is in full character the entire time, which is great. I love wow. I love seeing that. That's amazing. I honestly, until just recently when we talked about doing this podcast episode, I hadn't watched it since I worked in the video store. So it was definitely a trip down memory lane for me. Oh, wow. Know. It's just as bad in a good <laughs> way as I remember it. So, so great. Yeah. I, so what I, love. I saw it in the theater when it first came out. And it's crazy to think it got a theatrical. I don't think I don't think it, it really was is. long, but it no, definitely it did. And I remember the soundtrack, and that's basically all I really remembered about it. Oh, the and soundtrack. then I yeah. bought it on a Blu-ray because it was a, a double film with Mind Warp starring Bruce Campbell, which is <laughs> which is what I was buying. And so mm-hmm. when we talked about this, I was like, I have this, and I hadn't revisited it yet. So this was a, an excellent reason to share this with the two of you. Oh, absolutely, awesome! We'll definitely have to talk about the soundtrack and everything. <laughs> yeah, yes. so good. The uh, synopsis is a teenager is part of an interactive <laughs> video game where he kills innocent victims. At the time of this recording, there is a Blu-ray, it's streaming, and of course I suggest you go rent it at your local video store like Movie Madness right here in Portland, Oregon. Let's talk a bit about who's involved. Our director is John Flynn, who did the outing in 77, Rolling Thunder, Lock Up, and Out for Justice, which is... Some super cheesy action from the 80s, yeah, Lock Up and Out out for Justice, man, yeah. Stallone and Seagal, great. Yeah. Flynn, though, he said he did not like Edward Furlong oh, in no. this movie. Like, you can definitely tell Furlong is kind of phoning it in uh, in much of it. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. He's it's a very like, sleepy actor, I feel like. Low zooms on his face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Our cinematographer, speaking of zooms, is Francois Protat, who did Weekend at Bernie's, Johnny Mnemonic, and Whiskers, yes. which I had to look up, which is a TV movie from 1997 where a kid asks mm-hmm. an Egyptian god cat god sorry to help his cat which turns into a human with whiskers okay i've never seen it and i clearly have to oh yeah I'm, i watched then, the trailer it was it was mind-boggling and johnny mnemonic i mean what a great oh, match for this right? yeah, so, i yeah. love that movie i love that movie it's yeah. crazy it is it's, <laughs> it's also good bad yeah mm-hmm. saw it in the theater as well 100 the editor is Jay Cassidy, who did American Hustle, A Star is Born, Silver Linings Playbook, and Birds of Prey. It's quite a legacy. Did it's brain scan. Quite... Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah, We all got to start somewhere, yeah. right? So. It's so great. It stars Edward Furlong. You've already mentioned most of his films, except for The Crow, Wicked Prayer, which... Oh, I'd like to forget that one. <laughs> and American History X. He's very dreamy uh, and black and And, and Arachnoquake. Oh, Let's not forget Arachnoquake. Oh, gosh. Forget I should have led with that one. We got Frank Langella, is how I've always said it. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. correct. Yeah, but that's my yes. Skeletor. We all know him as Skeletor. <laughs> And, and Dracula. And yeah. he was in yes, Frost and Dracula. Nixon, I guess. I don't know yeah, who sure. wants to talk about that. Amy Hargreaves is in this film, who was in Blue Ruin and Super Dark Times, two of my favorites. Yes, Super Dark Times. Yeah, so good. He's in Homeland, too, I believe. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. T. Ryder Smith is our trickster, who did a ton yes. of voice work like Bioshock, Manhunt 2. I was about to say, Bioshock I Infinite. Lost my mind when I found out yeah. he did Bioshock. I knew I recognized it. Like, 
crazy. That was so awesome. Yeah, and the Grand Theft Auto 4, and he did stuff like for Venture Brothers. And yeah. yeah. He's just, he's kind of done a lot, but this man, he went all out on this. Yeah, this love. is like, the... He was, he was the opposite of Furlong. He was not phoning it at yes. all. Yeah. <laughs> he was making, he yeah. was making up for that. Yes, he absolutely was. Yes. That's the whole reason to watch this movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That in the music by George S. Clinton, not to be confused with George Clinton. <laughs> yes, yes, there is. <laughs> he scored this as well as all three Austin Powers, Big Mama's House 2, and Top Dog, the Chuck Norris Dog Cop movie. Uh, Mortal Kombat 2. Did you say that? No, I didn't. You're right. Yes, Mortal Kombat that's another as well. great Which 90s. Two yeah, iconic I mean, yeah. 90s scores. Yeah, absolutely. Like the yeah. top scores, I would say. <laughs> like he can, can die happy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think he wrote the theme though. That's from the video game, right? That. Yeah, I know he scored the. I'm, I'm not 100 sure. He, he didn't write he... the mortal. Really? The I mean, that... <laughs> I'll have to look that up. Wow, now. that would be I crazy. Version. Yeah. Yeah. Mortal <laughs> I can't believe it's George so S. Clinton good. wrote that, but. Oh man. Yeah, not not the part. Wrong, wrong group. One other person behind the scenes we have to mention is Steve Johnson, who you know he's done all the special. Oh, yeah. the Ghostbusters, That's right. the Chest of Souls, and Elm Street. This did have good people working on it, despite how cheesy it is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Well, let's press play on Brain Scan. We start looking up at a ceiling in a hallway. We're on a gurney. We hear moody tunes, and we get our credits in sky blue, which is just dreamy. We see Edward Furlong's sweaty face, and he's having a bad dream. There's rain, broken glass, pieces of an automobile. A younger Edward Furlong is crawling along, and his mother's dead. Suddenly, Edward wakes up and checks his knee scar so that we can piece it together what we're watching. And he (laughs) says, Igor, talk to me. And the computer, voiced also by the trickster, connects to him his friend Kyle, who's 26 years old when they filmed this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Which is good, because I was really uncomfortable, and we'll get to certain parts why. I love these 80s, 90s kids' bedrooms. Oh, God. I, oh, they're so fun to pick out. Oh, my All gosh. the little posters. Yeah. yeah. There's a Freddy's Dead poster in there. There's Alice Cooper. Yeah. yeah. Alice Cooper, I think, was on the fridge, like a cutout yes, of them, uh, which what? is also like part of the inspiration for Trickster's character. So I thought that was nice. Yeah. Sean Robert on Twitter, I think, is who oh, put me Sean. in contact with the two of you. He Branded in the 80s. Yes, his awesome. website, Branded in the 80s, has great breakdowns of the things seen in the bedrooms of 80s films especially i just love it all the minutia is fantastic yeah the he actually has lab tech speakers the exact same pair of lab tech speakers i had at that time in the 90s and stuff oh wow so it's trippy seeing those that's crazy we don't really know where ed i refer to him as ed through this whole thing so uh sure his name, his character's Michael. name is Michael. Character name's yeah, Michael. Calling him Ed. But I just like, I liked Ed a lot. Uh, but he's yeah. Ed. Yeah. 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 We don't know where his love of video games comes from, but we also really don't know yours. So this question is for both of you. Where did your love for video games start? I always played it with my cousins. We played, you know, old school Super Mario and all that kind of stuff. But it wasn't until I got my own PlayStation and played Tomb Raider 3 oh, that... Yes. I became obsessed. So mm-hmm. that was kind of my my gateway into being a gamer, I guess you would say. And I definitely played a lot of the old school stuff. A uh, huge inspiration was, you know, like the Nintendo Entertainment System and all. But honestly, PC gaming, when I first played The Secret of Monkey Island, oh, that yeah. 
that kind of changed my life because that was the first time I ever played a game that made me actually laugh out loud. I didn't know you could have that kind of a, before that, everything was just, you know, I was playing like arcade games, like, yeah, Mario, Castlevania, all that kind of fun stuff. But that one had like real story, like brilliantly written stuff. And, you know, there's no voices to it or anything, but it showed me like you can tell this amazing, funny story that just totally makes you dive into them. So I was hooked on point and click adventure games, all the Lucasfilm games back then, like the Indiana Jones ones and all the Sierra games as well, like King's Quest, Space Quest, all that. So that's how I got into game design and uh, you know, it just migrated from there. And I got on Newgrounds, which anyone who's been online since the 90s is familiar with that site. <laughs> so and yeah, started making Flash games on there and uh, just kind of kept on going. Awesome. Uh, well, something that's unfortunate is next Edward spies on his neighbor in her bra and, <laughs> and then films her. Michael. Michael. Hello? How's Kimberly looking tonight? What do you mean? <laughs> you watching her again? Can you see your tits, man? Talk to me, man. And I was so that creeped out until I found Oof. out she was 25 at the time that they made this. And then I was just still, creepy. still creeped still out. Creepy. Yeah, it's still creeped always out. Always creepy. But I mean, she looks so young that like, yes. I was like, not, not okay. <laughs> so Edward has Igor call brain scan. He says he wants the game, but it's more than just a game. Edward gets scanned and told to, he's going to play the death by design game. Hello, you've reached brain scan. Uh, my name is Michael Brower. You can reach me at 717. Hello, Michael. Sorry. thought you were a machine. How can I assist you? I read your ad in Fango, and I just wanted to find out what's the big deal. It's the most frightening experience you'll ever have the displeasure of coming into contact with. Sure it is. Look, I've played them all. Brain scan's more than just a game. Yeah, right. Well, what's it about? That depends on the individual. What makes Brain Scan unique is that it interfaces with your subconscious. You supply the inspiration and we take care of the rest. Look, R2D2, how do you really expect me to believe? Let us worry about the details, Michael. It's too late for that. It's been decided you'll play Death by Design. The first installment will arrive soon. Enjoy the ride. If each of you got scanned, what big fear of yours would your game address? Oh, probably worms. Nice. I have a thing. Worms. Already a game, but we could work on it. <laughs> probably being in the middle of the ocean with just a bunch of sharks, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, shark, I love sharks. I'm fascinated by them, but I also think they're terrifying. Like the idea of like, just, yeah, you're, you're not in a place you're supposed to be. You're a human and now you're there. Yeah. Yeah. Not the predator. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the next day in class, they're watching Death, 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 Part Two. Uh, yes. And... Which is actually the Dracula saga from 1973. That's what the footage is, but they call it Death, 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 Part Two, which is so much better. Yeah. And I really, I really want someone to actually make that. I love fake titles in movies. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I love movies. Edward says he watches horror as an escape. What is it then? Why do you watch these films? Really? Yeah, yeah, help me understand. 
I guess it's kind of an escape. Like, uh, like lighting up a marijuana cigarette and escaping the real world, hmm? Like watching a pornographic sex film, getting an erection and raping someone, is that what you mean? Is that why you two watch horror slash play video games? Is it an escape or is it bigger Oops. than that? Both. It was definitely an escape from mundane realities and just everyday growing up things that you dealt with and all those challenges. But then it became just an obsession and a love. And now I feel like it's still both where it's like I can check out, but it's also something that I prioritize and I make time for and I love so yeah it's definitely an escape but in many ways you know I love just you know after a long work day just putting on a movie uh, whether it's horror or anything and this kind of goes for all film for, for me and I'm sure it's the same with Melissa as well yeah it's just it's it's nice to just kind of tune everything out uh, sometimes I, I'll I'll be working and I'll leave something like that just on in the background mm -hmm. it's it's like having this comforting friend over with you all, yeah. at all times, even when you're working alone, which many of us have been doing uh, during the <laughs> pandemic and even before yes. then. So no joke, uh, just before I logged on here, I was watching Return of the Living Dead and I've seen that movie a zillion times. Yeah. So, so it's just, it's just one of those things, you know, it came on and I was like, oh yeah, I did that on for a bit. So it's been uh, in the, of course, yeah. you know, Halloween and, all that, I mean, it, that was such a huge part of my childhood yeah. and my adulthood, and you kind of need those to get you in the seasons. Yeah, I agree. We start off the season every year with the fog, just because it starts mm. off with campfire. They're telling a tale, and I'm like, oh, oh, sure. sets the table oh, like so that. well. Yeah, it's in yeah. Carpenter. Excellent choice. Yeah, That's a great one. I always start off with the W and a then you oh, have Halloween yeah. special. It's been mm. like a new thing, that and Ghostwatch. It's always my number one day. That's excellent. Yeah. I'm usually somewhere in the Carpenter universe starting off early in the season, but I also sometimes I'll watch the video dead first. Uh, that's another yes. one of my oh, favorites. Love that movie. Um, yeah. And of course, Halloween three, I think that's like one yes. of the best ways to get into the, the season, but Carpenter's Prince of Darkness is still probably my favorite, Great, just yeah, pure yeah. horror movie of all time. And that's one of the ones I almost always watch. I have to watch that every season. Yeah. So, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, Edward, the principal uh, for Edward is yes. not not a fan of the horror club. <laughs> no, he's not. Uh, did either of you have horror clubs in your school back in the day? No, I sure no. Didn't. And I wish. Absolutely. I Are wish. you kidding? No way. <laughs> I know. Nowadays, I feel like that's probably a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe. When I was in high school, no, we didn't have anything like that. But because I, you know, grew up in my dad's video store and had access to everything. Every Friday, I would just pull movies and people would come over and I'd just show them things, which was really fun because they had no control over what they were going to be shown. So it was a great way to expose people to a lot of, like, I mean, Raimi and stuff like that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then art house stuff and just, people just be like, oh, my God, I didn't even know this was, you know, this existed, so... Even since I was working at video stores so much back then, too, I got exposed to so much. Yeah. I had really cool managers who just, even at Blockbuster, normally they don't like showing horror movies there, but my manager, I'm still <laughs> friends with him to this day, actually. Uh, he was an awesome guy and uh, who let us play horror movies in there. And oh, we so would even do like little pranks on the customers, like Jack Frost, the Mutant Killer Snowman, yeah. came out at the same time <laughs> as Jack Frost, the family movie with Michael Keaton. And we would yes. swap the tapes into the boxes uh, and stuff, and you know they would That's come back and bring them. Hilarious! Things, so. <laughs> it was 
<laughs> things that you do to entertain yourself on the oh that's so, amazing yeah. that's wonderful <laughs> what's entertaining for edward is unfortunately they cancel his club and he rides his bike home and then he sees a body being loaded into an ambulance and he gets told to leave by skeletor which is also how i'll be referring to frank for the rest <laughs> of the film at home he receives brain scan and he's about to go on a big adventure and speaking of big adventures roger i believe you created chase and adobo's big adventure could you tell us about that adobo's big adventure. Uh, adobo is is, is a different thing. This is an autocorrect. Sorry about yes. that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bobo's Big Adventure is my ultimate tribute to the Nintendo Entertainment System, and that was probably my biggest Flash game I ever made that really just took the internet by storm, but we had worked on it for 10 years straight. You know, we got the blessings of a lot of the people who worked on those original games, which was amazing, like the creative Double Dragon Whoa. raised it. So, I mean, just stuff like that, and just seeing everyone laugh at it, so it's just it's just every Nintendo game blended together with every pop culture reference I could think of. And my buddies, uh, Pox and Nick, of course, Tom Fult from Newgrounds, everyone just kind of helped out to make it become this huge thing. And we, uh, Nick and one of his pals even built us arcade cabinet modeled after uh, oh, the Nintendo so Entertainment rare. System that that's we so cool. exhibited at our Comic-Con booth and everything. It was a wild time. You know, from there, I started making games for Adult Swim and, and everything. So it just kind of, it's, it's crazy. It's uh, I'm still so proud of the, all the work we put in. Is it game. playable it's, somewhere right now? Or it is, yeah. Like despite Flash being dead, Newgrounds has actually been working with people who created Ruffle, which is a Flash emulator that you don't have to download or anything; it just plays in your browser. So oh, half of so the cool. games on Newgrounds now are playable again. Um, okay. And so you can play it on Newgrounds, or you can go to abobosbigadventure.com to play it there. Uh, we have it all set up with the Ruffle emulator. Ruffle supports ActionScript 2.0, and we're waiting for it to support 3.0 because there's still a lot of Flash games and videos that aren't working yet. So uh, I'm excited for that because there's games I've made that I'm just dying to be able to put out there again. So. That's so awesome. One thing we have to mention, though, you said Principal bans the horror club, but you got to explain his reasons why he banned that horror club. For <laughs> What is the reason? He takes some like really weird stabs at <laughs> the horror genre. Yeah, it's out of left field. <laughs> yeah, he says, and I quote: "Escaping with marijuana cigarettes or <laughs> watching pornographic films to get erections <laughs> and rape somebody." It's like, whoa! It was what the hell? <laughs> that is not. I, I don't think that was in Death That Death Part Two. <laughs> For sure, it's not a lot. Oh, I can't believe I missed that. He says that in the film. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I must have been, I don't know what was distracting me. I would have made notes (laughs) of that for sure. Oh, I know what was distracting you. It was the badass student in that scene who was wearing a werewolf mask. Oh, yeah. There's yes, a one student yeah. and right? they're just wearing a werewolf was mask so while cool. watching. Them. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And he wasn't even facing the movie. It was just no. like, it was like a profile. <laughs> he probably couldn't even see out of it. He just was happy to be among friends. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, next, the girl has a house party, the neighbor, and tries to call Ed, but he's about to play the game. And the trickster welcomes mm-hmm. him in, and we get a killer POV as the trickster narrates that he's gonna go kill and stab a sleeping man in the back to death, and then saw his foot off with a non-serrated <laughs> blade, which would have taken forever. Forever. That was yeah. the one thing where I was just watching it like, well, that's really cutting through there fast. He's very efficient. Yeah. Oh, back in his video game chair, he's like, well, I better drink some milk, and he's all sweaty and covered in milk. It's disgusting. <laughs> so gross. Part of the drinking milk drinking from a carton can. Oh, it is. Ooh so gross he tells his buddy the game is cool and he goes home 
visits the neighbor, and the parents are creepy, but the news shows the murder, and Ed's like, uh-oh, I better get back home. And in local news, there was a grisly murder in the quiet suburban town of Mount View today. Late this afternoon, the body of 42-year-old William Tebbs was discovered in the bedroom of his home, located in an exclusive west side area of Mount View. Tebbs was brutally so it stabbed. Near here. Local police conducted a thorough search of the area. An intensive house-to-house -house investigation is now underway. Police are asking for the cooperation of local residents. Did you say something? Listen, can you talk him that I'll stop by later? I have to go. Before he goes home, he visits the scene of the crime, goes under the caution tape, and is apprehended by Skeletor again. It's already, it's a better movie. <laughs> I love that we're calling him Skeletor. It's a better now. film if it's Skeletor. It sounds Skeletor. so much better, it's yeah, so much than Frank Langella. <laughs> Oh, uh, back in his room, he approaches the fridge and he has the foot in the freezer. And then he gets a call. It's the trickster whose head morphs out of the TV. I think it's the first morphing that we get in this film. I think. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Trickster. That's also one of the weird things about this game. Sent to him like on CD-ROM. He puts it in his computer, but then for some reason it's played on his TV yeah. screen, which was not a right? thing you would do back then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he had like a, like a CD-ROM. <laughs> yeah, and he had like a 3.5-inch floppy drive, yes. all that stuff. But yeah, it's, it's fancy. Just, they're just like, yeah, this so doesn't make tech. sense in a movie. Yeah, it's super. Yeah, I mean, he's got voice activated stuff on his computer yeah. in the mid 90s. So. Like, I mean, they pretty much almost have Zoom. Like, <laughs> basically, yeah, basically. They really yeah. do. And it's all because he's stuck in his room because he has this Frankenstein knee problem of his. That's <laughs> he's got, he's got inter of, intermittent it, limping, is what he has. Yeah, it's, yeah I mean, that's a testament to his acting. Yeah. <laughs> it comes and goes as he pleases. <laughs> Oh, well, Trickster makes fun of Ed's CDs and then produces a CD <laughs> and then <laughs> says, never leave home without it. And then he plays it and it's Primus and he starts dancing. Oh, good. He, the fact that he carries pork soda, yes. a copy of pork soda right. in his jacket at all times, and then starts dancing to Welcome to This World, thrilled. Absolutely yeah. thrilled. I was like, yeah. this is my movie. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be He's, a meme, right? Somewhere, a gif or a gif, however you say it, there, of just there his, has to be. right? It should be. I mean, it just that be. dance I would watch on loop. Oh, 100%. Dang. I think people have made loops of it done. Okay, great. And all. Good. But yeah, he, he definitely comes off Almost like a Maurice yes, from Little what I, Monsters. Totally what uh, I was thinking. Oh, another favorite of mine it's growing up. Really, uh, he's more subdued, like uh, for most of the movie. But in that part, yes. I'm like yeah, he's he's channeling a bit of Maurice. Super there. Howie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. We learn that Ed killed the guy, and the trickster won't rat him out. How do we know? He electrocutes himself, snaps all his fingers, and gouges his eyes, which means he's never heard of a pinky swear. 
Well, that's where he's <laughs> he's channeling like Freddy Krueger when he's right. like breaking the individual figures. Yes. That's like when Freddy slashed off his and all yeah. that. So yeah, awesome. I, I, love, I love kind of like how he's just this amalgamation of horror icons. And stuff. Yes. Yes. But we have to talk yeah. about the stylistic choices in the trickster. Like the hair, oh, the collarless the shirt, blazer, the brocade. <laughs> Nose ring, <laughs> fingerless gloves. It's so wild. It's, it's like just... kind of vampiric. It's definitely 90s goth. Yes. Yeah, he doesn't have eyebrows, right? No, no eyebrows. No. But he's got a nose ring. And yes, the craziest hairline. I was like staring at oh, this like what? gorgeous maroon box dyed <laughs> oh, hair. Yeah. I yeah. definitely dyed my hair that color at one point. Oh, I didn't. I, yeah. yeah. Manic panic. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we all have that hair color. <laughs> Then Ed goes to bury the foot in a shallow grave. And speaking of graves, Roger, you also made a game called Grave Chase. Would you mind telling us what that is? Yeah, I did. Grave Chase is a little independent game I made back in 2017 with my buddy Jacob, who also worked on a lot of games, and another buddy of mine, Martin, from the Netherlands. And we just had a blast making this game. It was... I grew up, of course, on a lot of arcade games as well, and I always loved, like, Fools and Ghosts, but... Also, like, uh, Zombies Ate My Neighbors. So those kind of horror games were a big inspiration for this. And I've made other horror games in the past, but this one was, like, the first one we got to do on Steam. And all, unfortunately, around the same time of its release, that's when my wife passed away. And I've written up extensively about that. And I, will, I don't want to bring things down uh, right now. But I didn't really get to promote it very much at the time, understandably, because of that. But uh, I'm still super proud of the game. And uh, it's just a really fun time. And it's something that... It takes place over the course of the 31 days of October. So I always wanted to make something that people would get to play every Halloween season. Oh, cool. People can find that in the same place or? That's on Steam. Okay. You can go on Steam. It's still for PC, Mac, Linux, uh, you know, whatever you have on there. It's, I think it's like five bucks. So it's a That's definitely a cheap one. Yeah, perfect. Getting that. <laughs> yes. I'll give you guys copies. That's Grave Chase, everybody. Well, unfortunately for Ed, a dog gets the severed foot and takes off. But Ed does his signature move, which we'll see three times in this film, of hiding under a bush. <laughs> That's what Ed you does. I, I didn't count, but yeah. Yeah, I, well, the second time I was watching it for notes, I was like, this seems awfully familiar. And it's like, anytime something <laughs> happens, he just goes under a bush and looks up. That's his <laughs> secret move. So in the video game version of this, that would be your... <laughs> There's some childhood trauma there Right. we're not getting to. Yeah, like, right? That was his safe place when he was even younger. It's so. so weird. Under the bush. Yeah, yeah, under the bush. The memoir of Edward Furlong. <laughs> he also pleads with the dog, and the dog gives him the foot back, which is <laughs> odd. Um, the next... That whole scene is odd. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so weird. Really weird. Dog in the foot. Yeah, the dog in the foot, which comes back. Anyway, the next day, yes. Kyle comes by, and Ed brushes him off, and Kyle gets pissed. And so he gives him the double bird. Well, Kyle, I don't, I don't think it's such a good idea right now. Okay. Okay. Listen, I have to get going. I have to go to bed and all, you know. Hey, did you hear about the murder? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's pretty cool, you know, having murder in our own neighborhood and everything. Kyle, a guy just died, and you think that's cool? No, I, I don't mean cool, but it's interesting. Forget it, I'll see you. Hey, listen, listen, Mike, 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 if, if you're gonna be laid up, I'll have it letting me borrow the brain scan disc. Kyle, asshole, will you get off my back about that? No, no, you don't want to let me see it. If you just want to be a jerk-off about it, just say it. Just say so, that's all. Bye, Kyle. Kyle's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. all Kyle's in the night. 
are great. I can almost see him as the lead, really. Right. I wanted him to have a bigger career. Next, his neighbor drops by with the homework and his mail and another brain scan, the second game. And, you know, who knows what's been crafted on that disc. Speaking of crafting, Melissa, you worked on Minecraft. Is that correct? Yes, I did. That was a great segue. Thank you. Yeah, it was. Thank I was waiting to see where you're going with it. Thank you. Thank <laughs> yes, you. I worked on Minecraft for a little over a year. I actually just left it for my new job right now. And that was really fun. That was definitely an experience. You've done a couple different things, none of which I quite understand. What did you do with Minecraft? So I'm a user experience designer which means I design experiences that the players have um, with the game, with the front end, with basically any parts. So every little thing you can imagine, like, starts with us. So that's, And like the game yeah. designers. That's probably why yeah. you're so good at these little detailed miniatures as well, because you're just designing our experience of looking at those. Exactly. Gotcha. I like to make them emotional experiences because that's, that's kind of like what it is to be a UX designer is you always see memes about it. But like the number one thing is like having empathy and just like seeing what it feels like from someone else's point of view, because, you know, you are not a user. So like, it's true, like a lot of my miniatures and stuff, I, I always try to make them like an emotional experience as opposed to just replicas. And I will say good UX is usually something a lot of people won't notice, but bad UX is something they yes. always notice. Yeah, so, agreed, 100%. Um, yeah, We're like invisible yeah. designers. Exactly. And it's incredibly important. It really is. Something that's, you know, unfortunately, not important. Ed breaks the second disc, but <laughs> but it doesn't. Real quick, I have to say, Edward's go-to might be diving under a bush, but your signature movie is amazing segments. Oh, thank you. I they are fantastic. Just thank 10 you. out of 10. That's yeah. very kind. But it doesn't matter that Ed broke the disc, because the trickster spins the disc back into frame on his finger, which is, on his fingernail. Which is yeah. my Incredible. favorite CD-ROM moment. It even beats Hellraiser 3. Yeah. Someone needs to design either CD-ROM or a record player or something that you know, is modeled finger. after his fingers. Yeah. So oh my you can God. play albums on that. That I, would be so, so amazing. I'd buy it. I'm giving you ideas. I'd buy it. I know. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it just comes with a seven inch of Pitch Shifters Triad, which is also on the soundtrack. <laughs> Ed sets up the camcorder to film himself and he plays the second game. Suddenly he wakes up and realizes, oh no, <laughs> I played the game. So he watches the tape of himself <laughs> playing the game, which now we see him just lumbering towards what it's so uninteresting, the attack. Yeah, they they don't show much of it really at all, right? Like it's, there's, right, it's, it's a very weird yeah. tonal shit. <laughs> like the killer POV I thought was, okay, great, give me more of that. But right. when it's just showing him like walk around and just kind of, be lazily sneaky i was like this is the worst game <laughs> i would not right? play this like i wanted 100%. it to, to crank up a bunch yeah yes yeah 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 you you wanted it to feel like night trap like that's yes. what i kind of yeah. can yes. to go in that direction but it doesn't it just kind of goes yeah, yeah. Was like eh, i don't know he opens his freezer and finds kyle's bloody necklace so he calls kyle and oh no it's detective skeletor which is okay so this made zero sense this is like the biggest plot hole in the movie to me so the previous time we see him kill somebody he actually sees the guy that he's stabbing right all, right yeah so right. 
even though they don't show it, it's pretty safe to assume that he would see who he's killing and he would be like, oh, that's exactly. Kyle. I'm not, I'm not doing this. That's Trickster. Yeah. And why would you trust someone named Trickster in the first place? Yeah. Like, you, fool me once. They sound right? tricky. Yeah. 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 So that's just insane. It's weird you found a plot hole in this film, but... Yeah. Otherwise, it's perfect. <laughs> yes. <enough. laughs> yeah, no notes. Uh, we just have <laughs> one note. Ed can't get a break, but we sure can, and we'll be right back after this. Ah, feeding. Everyone's got to do it, even vampires. But if you aren't a vampire, or a baby, or a baby vampire, then sometimes eating can become so repetitive and boring. Which is where Marshall's hot sauce comes in. Liven up any meal with those small batch sauces made from only the freshest ingredients. From the sweet, mild heat of smoked habanero barbecue, to the addictive serrano ginger lemongrass, or even my two personal favorites, habanero carrot curry and bird's eye basil. In fact, Marshall's Hot Sauce even has a new line of seasonings, including an incredible barbecue rub, a chicken marinade, and even a volcano sparkle that a vampire could eat. Ha <laughs> uh, The best part is that you can enter VHS Podcast at checkout for 20% off. That's right, liven up those meals and wake up those undead taste buds at marshallshotsauce.com. That's marshalls, H-A-U-T-E, sauce.com. And enter VHS Podcast for 20% off. And now, back to the show. And we're back! It's the next day, and his neighbor visits again because she heard Kyle's dead, and Kyle started a petition of six signatures to start the horror club. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's how much I could have gotten. Me too. Those are, school. Six yeah. people would be my best friends. Yeah, same. Yeah. same. <laughs> it's the same people that are in that room is what I appreciate. <laughs> Plus the square wolf costume guy. Yeah. Just okay. I wish that his signature was just in the middle of the page because he can't see out the eye holes. He's just like, <laughs> wolf guy. Later, Trickster's back and he's hungry and watches the Three Stooges while Ed chats with the detectives. The detectives say his classmates describe him as strange and weird. How would your high school classmates have described you? Probably strange and weird. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was definitely like a nerd, just academically and into, you know, weird things too. It was definitely not cool back then to be a nerd yeah. and like the crow and, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. You were not cool but i was definitely taking some liberties with my fashion sense so yeah i got an <laughs> award my senior year it was you know because they give out awards for like most popular and all that and i got most original dresser <laughs> <laughs> i got most likely to achieve world peace because that was a joke like because i was all into like nine inch nails oh, nice. and everything back there <laughs> so, so, so yeah they thought it'd be funny Same. there's the angry dotty guy and stuff but <laughs> I tried fitting in in my freshman year, being all straight laced and looking normal and stuff, and that really didn't work out. I was like, I just need to be nope. myself. So I, I learned yep. that in high school. Much better to be yourself. Agreed. Fun. Yes, so, definitely. I love that you mentioned the Crow Melissa. <laughs> <Yeah, I'm like laughs> that was my gateway that that yeah. <laughs> Me too. That's how I Same. discovered like all yeah. those favorite bands. Oh Thank my gosh. Yeah, I lost my mind because I was super into Nine Inch Nails from Pretty Hate Machine and Broken and Oh God, and the Lamb favorite band yeah the little mini cd that you could get yes with broken, with broken. So. i have yes, it i have I it right have over it. here i same. still yes. have it same. okay i got really excited yeah. for a second um, <laughs> and the broken video that was like yep i remember I when that. That. yes 
that was like you know floating around on like bootleg tapes i and have all that. i have the and, and people are like oh my gosh was, was this i still have a copy of mine from like back then and yeah people were, it is. Exactly yeah like was, was this, so this, like, is this real yeah it was like such a big deal that it was really so fun it's crazy it was such an exciting time oh yeah was. i mean them covering joy division was like the craziest thing oh. I, I was just like wait he yes. listens to the music i listen to like it was just like <laughs> you know it's it was amazing ed returns upstairs and trickster's demolished his room and fridge he's eating a whole raw chicken and sprays mustard on a plate of hot dogs and chopped bananas which means he peeled and chopped bananas <laughs> Bitch. I might. Fix myself a little snack, hope you don't mind. <laughs> that to me is more dedication than yes. like Weird Al with the Twinkie Wiener sandwich. Right. Like that's oh another level. That's, yes. yes, which I tried. So if you were to compose a dish for your trickster plate with three ingredients, what would your trickster plate have on it? Now, mind you, you're a trickster in the situation. Am I supposed to like this? No, no, this is just a trickster choice. You're playing the trickster in the movie. You got to put three things on the plate that's going to be notable for anyone that's watching. Orange juice. Great. <laughs> toothpaste. Oh. And, and wrap it with tinfoil. Nice. Like, oh, Like a weird okay. blob. <laughs> okay, I'm into that. I would do like a rack of lamb chops. Oh, yes. Perfect. And then like pounds of maraschino red cherries just like super red <laughs> yes and peanut butter i like this because yeah. he hasn't been downstairs that long so him to return and you've cooked an entire rack of lamb <laughs> it's, it's, but it's trickster it's a you, good there trick. are no rules you can do whatever you want yes what would you do Dirk? Uh, i'm gonna go full-size wedding cake mm. that is erupting nacho cheese and then fresh broccoli even though it's not broccoli season Oh, yeah. yeah, so he's really oh. going to be like, wait, how did you, that's, what a yeah. trick. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. Cheddar, broccoli, and cake. That's, that's it. That is an interesting mix. So and the cake, yeah. the size of the cake is important because he'd be like, I don't even know how you baked this in here. And I'd be like, ah, <laughs> trickster. <laughs> I tricked you. <laughs> sort of. Trickster cuts Ed's hand and blood drips and then forms into the third brain scan disc. Disc number three. Oh, man. He disappears and then appears in the TV. Ah, this trickster. Wait a minute, come back. Hold on. How am I supposed to know what the clue is? Friends. Yeah. Sure. Friends. Buddies, whatever you want. Footprints. What? Footprints in the mud. But where? That is the question. Play it, my Otherwise, you'll never remember the location. Oh, man. Next, Ed's in bed with the neighbor, and I feel like they're too young for this scene. And again, it was very uncomfortable. But then she becomes <laughs> a dead well. guy. So, no problem. Also, my favorite line, I think it was during the that eating scene, was like, you can do anything to me, but not country music. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. My country favorite, Western, like, that's like, yeah. same. Like, you and me both. <laughs> That hit close to home because I was living in Virginia at the time uh, that this came out. And in high school, you know, talk about awkward high school stuff. 
in our high school, we had as part of our gym class, we had to do square dancing. Uh, oh, we but, did too. Texas. Okay. Did they let you pick the song you danced to? Um, no. no. Our class had to take a vote on it, and they, it was majority rule. We square danced to Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby. Oh, it was oh my just, gosh. I'm that's so glad there's not fun. video of it, but at the same time, <laughs> I kind of wish there was. Yeah, so that's my association like with that song and country music <laughs> in, in the 90s. That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, later, she comes by Ed's house, but he's mad. And he's listening to Butthole Surfers, which is excellent. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, the detective sneaks into his house and spoons some ashes into a Ziploc plastic bag. What was it? The foot that he threw into the fireplace, right? It's his clothes. Yeah. Uh, he burned his clothes, yeah. right? But the foot I as well, the I foot think. Too. Oh, okay. Because he dug it up and he had to burn it in there. I think yeah. it's a mix of both. So. Of course. <laughs> the detectives <laughs> arranged a manhunt and uh, Ed plays Brain Scan 3. And this time he's completely lucid as he runs and limps and destroys the footstep and the trickster calls to like rat him out because he's such a trickster and he takes off into the forest the trickster is not playing a fair game which is a great time for us to play a game so <laughs> this game there's 10 choices and master of segways uh, thank you thank you I, i'm the segwayster that's the guy that doesn't sound <laughs> doesn't sound great since ed can't tell if this game is real here's 10 games that you tell me if they're real and there are no points you already win for being here so uh it doesn't really matter but just for giggles, you're playing on the same team. So, number one, okay. Toilet Kids. Real game Not real. or made up? It feels like something that's that could be real, but yeah, I'll go with Melissa and say not real. All right. So, according to the internet, in 1992, this vertical shoot 'em up is about a kid who gets flushed down a toilet and then everything is crapping at mm. him. I saw it on YouTube. Yeah, definitely look up Toilet <laughs> Kids. Okay, that's your problem, Melissa. That's it. <laughs> As I said, you've already like, won. There's no way. <laughs> Number two, the tablecloth hour. Real game or fake game? That sounds too, that just sounds too boring for a game. Title. It sounds so boring. There's no way. You, you've got to have a better title. Like, Which means it should in. be real. Yeah, that's, yeah. It, it could be real. Like the toaster, brave little toaster. Right. Wagon oh. construction simulator. <laughs> yes. Or something. It just does not sound exciting. Yeah. Well, again, according to the internet, this Japanese arcade game where you're just trying to do that pull the tablecloth trick. Oh my gosh. It's just that. You just hold this plastic thing and just try to move it at the right time so the glasses don't oh, tip over God. in different scenarios. Number three, Scud Hammer. That's real. Yeah, probably from like Iraq and all that crap, the Scud missiles. There were like a million like games with Scud in the title. Gotta be like 20. Well, you're correct. It's a real game, but you'll be shocked yeah, to know that it's a game that was an arcade game with three buttons that you activate with a hammer, and those three buttons are rock, paper, and scissors. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. I love unique controls. Yeah. yeah. Number four, <laughs> Butts and Dragons, the seventh gate. But? I'm going to say yes. Yeah. I bet, yeah. I love that. That's one I made up. That's not a real game. Oh! The only one we're like, sure. So that's up for grabs. <laughs> well, guess what? Uh, Melissa and I work in video games, so we can actually make that. Oh, no. It's an IP. I already claimed it. <laughs> Just to make sure that we get one question right. Oh, now. man. So, yeah. All right. Exactly. Well, yeah. I, this was a very difficult thing to, to research. So number five, <laughs> Tongue of the Fat Man. Tongue of... Mm -hmm. uh, that sounds familiar. I, I want to yes. yes. Yeah. Also known as Modus Fight Palace from Activision. It looks like an early Street Fighter to me, but okay. Tongue of the Fat Man. Number six, 
Virtues of Undead Chefs and Their Illegitimate Concerns Towards Your Manner of Dress. Incredible. I want to play it. Not real. I've looked up long game titles before, and that definitely would have been on the list. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not I'm real. No. But yeah, that can't be real. Yeah, that was me. But that's a great title. <laughs> Thank Thank it's you. a great title, and I want it. <laughs> Number seven, Ninja Golf. Yes, because yeah. I've written an article about it on my site, yeah. and and uh, someone who read the article made a flash game spoofing it. Amazing. Ninja Golf is one of my favorite things to ever come out of Atari's last grasp at like trying to be relevant after the 2600 system. It's the box for it alone is amazing. There's a ninja just on a golf course. Yes. The gameplay is you play golf, but after every time you hit the ball, you have to fight a bunch of ninjas and, and other obstacles on your this way. Easy. Yeah, and then you fight a dragon what? when you get to the hole at the end. It's that amazing, and it's, it was made with no irony whatsoever, which uh. is what makes it such a beautiful thing. It's oh. just, it's like it's for the Atari seventy eight hundred, and it's just, it's phenomenal. Now I have to fight yeah. it. Yeah, I cannot sing its praises. I watched a lot of it on YouTube. It's beautiful. Number eight. I'm sorry. No. Uh, I want to say yes on this one. It's a <laughs> okay, we'll go, I'll go with Rodney. Okay. It's a real game. The protagonist was based on former Japanese prime minister. That, oh. got, that got cut off. But the game involved greedily nabbing all the gold bars while avoiding the likes of moonwalking Michael Jackson, Madonna, sumo wrestlers, and track and field star Carl Lewis. What? <laughs> See, that makes sense in, in, in an odd way because like, there's a game on the Sega Genesis called Revenge of Shinobi. And oh, yeah. it's a ninja game, which is awesome, great music and everything. But there's also just random bosses in there that are clearly like ripoffs of Spider-Man and Batman. You're like, what yep. the hell are these doing in the game and stuff? So that's, that sounds about right. All right. Well, that's I'm sorry if anyone wants to play. Number nine. No, you know what? I'm not sorry. Go fuck yourself. All right. <laughs> No. Okay, yeah, no. you're right, you're right. But again, great title for a game. <laughs> yes, that should be the sequel. <laughs> and then number 10, I have no mouth and I must scream. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Well done. It's a point and click game where you make ethical decisions. That's all I know about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Well, well done. That's you fun. both win. Congratulations. That was a fun game. I Ooh, that. Yeah, that yeah. was fun. I was really yeah. worried with your vast knowledge about video games, but luckily I think I dug deep no, enough. You got I got us some a couple distractions. Times there for you sure. Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. did. Excellent. I hope we got a passing grade. You did. You both win. You win a gift Yay. set of Marshall's Hot Sauces, which I will mail to your homes. Oh, so exciting. I would put those on my trickster meal as well. I, <laughs> oh, no, we don't want to be associated with that at <laughs> all. <laughs> we, yes. we want to be delicious, not I'm put on a banana. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm not even going to open yeah. the bottle. <laughs> oh, perfect. That's good product placement then. By the way, uh, you were saying before we played this game, Michael leaps the fence and runs away through the woods to escape the detective. Yes. Again, this is just abandoning <laughs> that whole like, oh, I'm stuck at home with this bad Frankenstein yeah, me of to mine. Totally <laughs> wounded. He's literally right? leaping over fences and stuff. It's like, yeah. Okay. Now he's going to get fine. <laughs> he hears <laughs> that someone's going to look out the window and he just runs away from the window but directly in the line of sight from someone looking out the like he could have just taken two <laughs> steps to the left or right but no he just... bush. yeah yeah it is amazing bush would have been great yeah. well you're it's funny you mentioned that because back in the film ed does his <laughs> signature hide move under a bush this is the second time he hides under a bush only moments later he's grabbed by the principal and ed accidentally crushes him with a stack of bricks which is great yeah he bumps into like a beam and there's just happens to be this giant pile of bricks above him and i felt 
that kill was perfectly justified because this is the guy who banned the horror. Right. Like if anyone exactly. in the movie deserved oh, yeah. to die, it's hundred percent like who banned the horror club for that weird ass reason of this. So. Yeah, I felt like it was a Pink Floyd brick in the wall reference. He had some issues. Yes, we get more chasing with intermittent lipping until Ed hides in the basement because he couldn't find a bush, I think. So he goes in a basement and uh, he hides in an unfinished house. Enter the real trickster, Zack the dog, that just keeps taunting him around every turn. Yeah, he's like hiding under a tarp at that point. Right? The dog is like trying to, yeah. And then he talks the dog out of it again, mm -hmm. which is amazing. The detective shows oh. up with a gun and a citizen kills him. Yeah, it's like a really bad neighborhood watch yes. around there. Uh. Just suddenly they just shoot without asking questions, which is, you know, I feel like that's, <laughs> that mirrors modern times, yeah. sadly. True. Part for the course. Why waste time, really? Ed hides in a third bush, and this time he cries. I think it's his favorite bush, and that's why he's getting emotional in this moment, but. <laughs> he does love trying to show that Save he can life. cry. Yeah. You, like you, you want one of those Schwarzenegger bloody guys. <laughs> <laughs> something I could never do. <laughs> oh, man. So back at home, Trickster's on the TV, and he's like, your neighbor saw you, so, you know, you're going to have to kill her. Detective Skeletor learns that the ashes had the victim's blood and that Ed called Kyle because they just checked the phone records. I mean, I don't understand. Anyway, so he... <laughs> I still keep smiling every time you say detective stuff. Yeah. I want that to be a show. I hope that's a Netflix game. Netflix needs to get on that. Oh, that would be incredible. Yeah, forget the rest of the He-Man series they've been doing. Just go yeah. straight into Detective Skeletor. <laughs> yes, and don't explain how he got through the training yeah. or anything. <laughs> detective Skeletor. If they can have him in a Christmas special, they can have Detective yes. Skeletor. Yes, yeah. 100%. Yeah. That's so true. So Trickster says he's got to go kill his neighbor, and Ed asks Igor to call Brainscan, and then he casually limps into her house and grabs some scissors. He enters the room, which is so dull by movie this movie's standards. Everyone else's room is, like, kick-ass awesome, and hers just has... I mean, it, the movie's sponsored by Aerosmith, clearly, because everyone's room has an Aerosmith poster in it, which was not cool. I don't think... I didn't know anyone that listened to Aerosmith. I listened to Aerosmith in the 90s. I listened to them mainly because like, it was like around the same time Alicia Silverstone was like doing videos with yeah, them. Okay. And then yeah. of course she um, was in Hideaway, which yes. the guy who, who worked that on this script, incredible. Hideaway is an amazing movie yeah. that no one ever talks so about. Really I talk about uh, it all the time. So oh. Yes. Talk about amazing soundtracks. Yep. Yeah. The, the soundtrack amazing. is insane. Yeah, it's God so, bless so Fear Factory. Jeff Alicia Silverstone. The fact that <laughs> the screenplay, the guy who wrote this worked on Hideaway. Yeah. Is it makes sense. Me. And then later went on to, you know, Pen 7 and things like that. Unreal. <laughs> That's why I kind of love Hideaway. I heard Aerosmith was just always on. They were always on in yes. at the time. And, you know, a lot of that was Silverstone well, too. And Steven Tyler was very cute, so. <laughs> this is true. And Wayne's World. I mean, you could, I mean, they were in Wayne's World and stuff. Come on, exactly. So, yeah. I guess just I wasn't a fan, and I felt like they were so prevalent <laughs> on the radio and television that I'm like, these kids that are supposed to be into, like, all this subversive stuff, like, why are they still, like, into that? Like, it just seemed odd. They never bothered me. They weren't someone I would seek out. I sure. never saw them in concert or yeah. anything, but they were still fun enough and... There were so many much lamer bands out in the 90s <laughs> yeah. that were, were fun to pick on and stuff. So yeah. Aerosmith seemed like they could at least play their instruments and, you know, they had their own thing. Yeah, that's true. I never minded them. 
Well, Trickster shows up, and Ed stabs him with the scissors, but Trickster has crazy CG blood, so Ed pokes his eyes out, and then Trickster swallows his head, and they both vanish, and then they're one. It's amazing. That was a crazy scene. And <laughs> so there was crazy. actually some pretty good green slime in that scene, like yeah. during the eye gouging and all. That was like... There was. Yeah, it was some decent that effects. Was yeah. Yeah. That had to be Steve Johnson when you look yeah. at that scene, so... Yeah, because did he work on Freaked as well? Love Freaked. Yeah, same. Okay, some of this design in this moment, like where he's swallowing and their faces are going into each other's and stuff, just had a Freaked feeling. It does have a Freaked vibe, especially yeah. like the green slime. Yeah, because like, he worked on like Big Trouble Little China. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, all kinds of great stuff. So uh, that would not surprise me at all. God, I feel like he did because I did an episode on Freaked with the gentleman who played Lardass and Stand By Me. Because uh, oh, wow. he was a child actor, so he was the child That's actor so for this cool. film. He tells some great stories about working with Kiefer Sutherland and stuff back in the day. He oh. did not like Freaked, I'll tell you that. But uh, mm. but that Holy. that happens sometimes <laughs> with the guests. It's not for everyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. She says she loves Ed. Ed loves her too. But the trickster has one last trick, and the detective <gasps> shoots Ed. But he's back in his chair, right in the chest. Yeah, yep. it was all a game. None of it happened. So who cares? He trashes his room, I'm I'm not sure why, and then goes and sees Kyle, and he's so excited to see Kyle, and Kyle's sort of Kyle. confused by it, but I love this scene. Yo, Dicklick! I have been I have been ringing your doorbell, I have been calling you for an hour, there is a party next door! Kyle! No, it's Axel Rose! Oh, God, man, I missed you, man! Yeah, man. Careful, man, you can pay yourself on my lucky charms, man. They're magically delicious. There's like a party going on next door. Yeah, still going on. Yeah, he, he wakes up at the party. I have to read this quote, though, like after yeah. he wakes up. Uh, um, Hello there, you've just experienced Brain Scan, <laughs> the ultimate experience in interactive terror. We're glad you decided to play. Our state-of-the-art system releases powerful, reality-enhancing signals. That's pretty good. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. I yeah. love that. We got to get that into our games, Melissa. I think, uh, yes, I agree. Yeah, I agree, too. It's some of the behind the scenes stuff. So I feel like that's, that's your, your territory there. I got this. Awesome. I love all of this that's happening right now. <laughs> they go next door and ask Kim, he asks Kimberly out and she says maybe, which is fair. Yeah. It's not no, it's a maybe. Yeah. But the, the more bizarre thing is she's been taking photos of him all along yes. too. She, they've both been being oh, creepers what? at each other, but. Voyeuristic. Yeah, that, yeah like, that was crazy. How did they not like, notice yeah. they were taking photos of each other? Like if they're all. Like what? I think it's implied that she has a dark room because the, they're big photos. Like she either mm. went to like Bymart and had them developed and then blown up <laughs> inside. They are. I they're mean, like yeah. perfection. The one where he's holding a fango. Like I want right. that frame. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, wow, that she went through a lot of trouble for these stacks of pictures she keeps around. As some developed. She's more obsessed with him than he is with her. Exactly. Say, he's so. Like, hey, look at that. She's in a dark room. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and a dark place yes very dark place <laughs> the next day ed goes to the principal and says he wants to show brain scan to the group so the principal's gonna have to play it and he's like okay i'll play it and then the trickster's there and then music and credits and then the trickster's like wait a minute have you forgotten something and then we see the dog, the dog with the yeah. severed foot because the dog zach is the real trickster and that brings us to the end so final thoughts on brain scan so fun i mean 
it's, <laughs> it's, it's like the dog dropping up the thing so then it's like all right so did it happen like did, i love that i think the like book. the first so maybe the just the first person died but no one else died it's like right okay sure i guess i love what movies did that and isn't real was it not yeah no. it's like elm street but without any real kills except for maybe the exactly. perspective it's, it's this weird I think it's so weird for the year that it came out in the middle of the 90s we still had so many video stores and yet nobody picked up brain scan too like mm-hmm. that it's oh crazy yeah if I can say one thing about the movie it's that Trickster was such a good character he deserved a sequel like, just for what he put into it like we didn't need Furlong or any of them to her. come back nope but no, keep no. Trickster going for yep. God's he sake. The movie. yeah he totally carried the movie on his shoulders. So could have been Corey Feldman. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I think at this time Corey Feldman was making that. Uh, I think he did like was it Dangerous Toys or it wasn't a Puppet Master one. I d- oh no, it was a Puppet Master. I think he plays one of Toulon's like relative. He's got like a powder in his hair and he's like doing a really old man voice in it. It's oh God, I got to <laughs> I'll figure out which one it was. I I just remember him around. I, maybe it was later '90s. He him doing like almost like a like a Cinemax like sleazy movie with uh, the other Corey and yep. uh, Nicole Egger called Blown Away, and it's like yes. this ridiculous movie. Yeah, my God, it's not the, not to be confused with the Tommy Lee Jones Blown Away one about the Irish bomber, which is another fun action. That's another one around that time, though. Feldman also wrote like a comedy cop movie or something where there's all these scenes where he's like in showers with Webin that you're just like, oh, it's not fun to watch or funny. He's definitely an odd fellow. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think he has like Corey's angels. Like he, yeah, I think yes. he kind of wants to be like yeah. uh, a Hugh Hefner or something, but he's not. Totally. Him. Yeah. I've it's met just, him it's just weird and sad. I, yeah, I've met him too. And it's, I don't know, it's just, it's just odd. I, I, I love so many of the movies he was in, but he, yeah, he's he's clearly uh, one of those child actors. Yeah, as you know, a handful of Troubles, problems yeah. and also. Um, yeah, I just hope he's not hurting anybody else. Uh, like yeah. yeah, I mean, we didn't have this in 1995. People could privately have you know many mental health issues and hopefully get help without right. having everyone right. witnessing it all the time no. and you know yeah no one able to like wrangle it in for people. It's such a bummer that when right. you know on Twitter or whatever, is you see someone and you're just like. There's people making fun of them or whatever, and you're just like, this this person Horrible. could use some assistance right now. It's not entertainment, yeah. you know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, and it's it's just sad, you know, like uh, seeing where his career direct- yeah. trajectory went. You know, like I mean, this you know, Stand by Me, the the Goonies, oh, yeah. Lost Boys, all that stuff, and then you know, ending up in in Burbs. Oh my God, yeah, all time favorite movies. I love the Burbs. So good. That's talk about a comfort movie that you can put on any time. Like if that, yeah. if yes. that just happens to come on, I'm just all right. Well, there go my plans for the day. So that's, <laughs> yeah, that's one. I think about the Burbs all the time because we have a commercial kitchen in our home and the podcast studio, and then we live in you know the floor above. So we're getting mm-hmm. deliveries and stuff all the time. And sometimes it's the door below, sometimes it's upstairs. So I'm constantly. I'm like the pale goth dad that's always opening his door and looking around outside and then closing it. And the neighbors are just like, what was that about? But like, mm-hmm. I gotta, I have to be there to receive these things, but it's uh, it's constant. I'm the creepy guy for sure. Just treat them to a sardines on a person uh, <laughs> yes. when they come over and you'll fit right in. Uh, anything else you wanted to add for brain scan before we move into final questions? 
I would just say that it, it, if anything, it feels like a young adult horror novel. Mm-hmm. Yes. turned into a movie. That That's my best way to describe it. I honestly would love there to be a novelization of this if, oh, if yeah. it doesn't already exist. Phenomenal. It's, it's just begging or for book. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, that's how, that's another way you could continue Trickster. Just have a comic that book. That would be fantastic. Or, of course, video games. I mean, he would be great in video games. Yes. God, someone should pick that up. Maybe we should make this a thing. There it is. I think so. The Trickster game. To promote it, they had some holographic lobby cards and posters. And buttons. Are, yeah, and buttons. They're they're pretty rare to come by, but they look great because like his eyes are like shooting lasers out oh. of them. There's some, that, my friend so. has one. I'm so jealous of it. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. That brings us to final questions. We'll go Melissa and then Roger in this order for each question. Here we go. What is a good day like for you working in or around video games? Probably the research part where I get to play video games. That sounds great. (laughs) That's definitely a good one. Also, user testing. Getting to watch people play your game and like getting that direct feedback and knowing you made really good decisions. That's really exciting. There's no better thing than actually watching people play this project that you've worked on because these are things that you often spend years working on. So whenever I got to exhibit at Comic-Con or watch someone play one of my games on YouTube or something like that, just seeing people's reactions and being like, yes, that moment connected just the way I was hoping it would. Yes. That it, it's just so rewarding and like and when your game isn't out yet, so like if you're just doing beta testing with people and, and it's hitting, it just, it re-energizes you in a way that I cannot describe because yeah. again, I come from like making, a, you know, this website where I would get to post articles almost every day of the week and get immediate feedback. And we're now in the age of, you know, social media where we can get responses as soon as we post something on Twitter or whatever. Um, but with games, like you're just working on these things behind the scenes, you, you know, you're under NDAs, you can't spoil stuff or whatever, or you just want to keep it secret. So you're not spoiling the experience for people. So getting to, to see that, that's incredible. And also just any day I get to have a writing session. I love coming up, you know, uh, with, with dialogue, uh, working with the other writers on my team, all that kind of stuff. That's awesome. I have a friend who works in indie games and when we would go and, and hang out at a bar, all I wanted to do was just pitch games to him all the time. Like I would just be like, murder boat. And he's like, I'm listening. I'm like, it's a boat propelled by giant cannons. And all of your scores are by the things that you obliterate behind you. And the, it, it makes the boat go faster. And he's like, okay, sounds good. And I, I, the other one that I would always try to... People are totally going to steal this idea. Yeah, yeah, you better be careful. That's fine. That's like fine. me. I don't, I don't work in games. So uh, <laughs> as long as I get to play it. And the other one was Fondue, which was about a cow on an alien planet that sprayed <laughs> oh out of his milk fondue, and that would like um, freeze the alien vegetables that live on that planet. Mm. Amazing. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. I think you have a future in game design. Oh, great. Good. I, Clearly. I, I am available. What is a bad day like for you in games? Oh, it's a good one. Personally, I would say having these really awesome ideas and then getting limitation request you know you can't do what you want to do especially when you work for bigger companies when there's like a set style and gameplay experience you kind of have to follow that's hard 
for me, I would say it's when there are things happening that are out of your control. Because if something is your fault, you're like, okay, I can fix this. This is something that can be changed. But there's other things where it's like someone who's who's doing the marketing for your game, for example, you know, it's doing something that you would do completely differently, uh, or you don't agree with that kind of stuff. I think is is really frustrating because like Melissa says, if you're working for the larger company and stuff, there are certain decisions that are made, you know, above your pay grade and you're just like, all right, well, just gotta, gotta roll with it and stuff. So that, that can be frustrating. I, I'm not sure if that's officially a bad day, but you know, it can really piss you off when you're putting your heart and soul into these projects. Cause yeah, I mean, yeah. whether I'm working for someone else or making them uh, my own, it's just, they're always like so personal to me. Uh, and to, to know that it could potentially be the launch of a game or anything could be screwed up by someone else who hasn't necessarily been a part of it, or they just don't see to eye to eye with you. That can be a, right. a super frustrating thing. Absolutely. And any advice for someone interested in working in the world of games, which I feel like is so vast and there's so many different yeah. jobs and things that I have absolutely no idea about. So any advice? Speaking of that, I would just say definitely pick a specialty, you know, hone in on a skill you're really good at, whether it be writing, game design, coding, just hone in on that and get a lot of experience making up your own games and building up a portfolio and then connecting with people that are at your experience level and not necessarily people that have been in the industry for 20 years, but like the people that you, you know, grow with, those are going to be your colleagues 10 years 100%. from now. Hundred percent. So just you know, befriend yeah. those people. Yeah, I hundred percent agree with what Melissa just said. Half of the people that I still work with today are the people I've been working with for twenty years. No joke. I'm working on the Cyanide and Happiness game, and those are the same guys I knew from back in the Newgrounds days, and they were on my site. So it's like kind of come full circle from there. And speaking of Newgrounds, everyone who asked me about like getting into game design, game writing, anything in the game industry. I always recommend Newgrounds because they've been around forever. It is a site made for people wanting to collaborate. And if you're a musician, you can find a, an artist. Uh, if you're an artist, you can find a programmer. They're all on there and looking to collaborate. And you're not making these games that you know necessarily take years to make on there at the start. And that's, I think that's something like people feel like, oh, I got to make my first game amazing. No, you, you got to be willing to just experiment and have fun because uh, it yep. should start out as a hobby of something you love. Exactly. And don't be afraid to get into game jams like those, these little exactly. things like we're going to make a game over the course of 48 hours or a week or a month or something like that. And then on sites like Newgrounds or itch.io, you can post your games up and get it's feedback right. from people, which is absolutely invaluable. It's so, so cool. It's it really so cool. is. So I, I cannot yeah. recommend uh, Newgrounds enough. Uh, they've given myself and so many other people our careers, uh, like Tom Fulp. I, I know everything has gone the way of YouTube these days, but you know Newgrounds is the original portal for content that people put online. And uh, I still don't think he gets enough credit uh, these days uh, as him and uh, his team and that whole site uh, deserve because they put so many people on the map, you know, like Edmund Millen and all that, who's, you know, made all the games, you know, everything from Gish and Super Meat Boy to Binding of Isaac, yeah. Ego Raptor, you know, everyone, there's so many people who just kind of spawned from Newgrounds uh, back in the day. So anyone wanting to get into games, newgrounds.com, 100%. And don't get into games for money. Do it because you like. <laughs> absolutely yeah because you won't make a lot of money at first you won't because uh, yeah. everyone will yeah. games <laughs> just go into it just 
Like he loves said, yeah, just make something fun, uh, you know, do what you like. And model some games after something that you've already seen before. Maybe you want to make some changes to it. Don't be, don't be afraid to make your own version of Super Mario. It's just to exactly. get that experience and all. That yeah. quote, like, good artist something, great artist steal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I like good artist something. Yes. <laughs> That's going on a t-shirt. Yes. <laughs> Stickers. Good artist something. something. <laughs> And before the final question, Roger, because you touched on it earlier, I just wanted to give you um, some space to either you can talk about it to whatever um, depth you want or just direct people to what you were talking about. But because you mentioned the passing of your wife, I just wanted yes. to open the floor for you for a moment there. I appreciate that. So in 2017, my wife, Marie, took her own life. She had struggled with clinical depression her entire life, and I'm still reeling from it every day. I still cry every single day. And I just want people to know that it is a real disease, and it's nothing to be ashamed of if you struggle with it. You wouldn't be ashamed of having cancer, and it's the same thing. So don't be afraid to tell people about it. But also, uh, if anyone listening knows someone who they think or know struggles with it, do some reaching out because it, it really does matter. I, I can't tell you how much does. You know, I now have what would be described as situational uh, prolonged depression and all that, uh, this prolonged grieving. And that's, I, I don't think that'll ever end, but that's different than clinical depression, um, which you know, can be really dangerous uh, if people don't get the help they need. So please don't be afraid to ask and please don't be afraid to help others who you think might need it. So since Marie passed, my way of honoring her memory has been to take her around the world. Um, we loved traveling. Uh, we've been everywhere, South Korea, New Zealand, and all that. And that was one of my favorite things to do with her because when we went on those trips, I could see kind of the clouds of depression. They kind of went to the back of her mind because she was so focused on having fun and seeing all these amazing new things. And she loved the trip. She was the reason I got out. I was a homebody. I was like, furlong honestly uh you know just some guy uh just sitting uh you know in his room uh playing games and making games yeah frankenstein me but she wanted to see the world and she got me to do that i was lucky to spend 20 years of my life uh, with her doing that so i've been spreading her ashes around the world of course you know the pandemic put a two-year halt on that but i've just kind of resumed that process so i'll be posting some more updates about it so, um, i just took her to ireland and iceland uh, this past month and it's just my way of like continuing to travel with her um, until I just want her to get to keep being out there. So I've been documenting this whole process on my site. Uh, it's on imockery.com, i-m-o-c-k-e-r-y.com slash re, R-E. That, that was her nickname short for Marie. Um, and it's also linked on the homepage of the site, of course. Um, so I've been documenting that whole process, showing people what it's like to lose the love of your life what it's like to live with clinical depression, the signs to look for, everything uh, that I can think of to try helping people uh, you know, who are experiencing. I, I hope no one has to go through this uh, truly because it's, I'm not the same person I was. You know, I, I'm, I'm able to laugh again, which is, it's taken, you know, four, five years now to just get to this point where I can, you know, enjoy the little things. And uh, that's, that's my biggest, thing to tell anyone is, you know, if you are struggling with it, enjoy these little things, enjoy these silly little movies and stuff, take pleasure in that, read, read a book that you love, whatever it is that helps you get through those dark times. Um, but yeah, this, this is an ongoing story. I continually update it uh, when I'm able to and up for it because it 
it's a very emotional thing to write about, uh, of course, but I'm also sharing videos of her showing, you know, that her life wasn't all darkness. There was a lot of joy there. And you know, it's a disease that unfortunately ended up getting the best of her in the end. But it also shows just how loved she was by everybody. That's really the whole the whole message of it. You know, I, I just want people to know this amazing, the most the most amazing woman I've ever known existed. She was here and she was special and she had a beautiful, stunning body of artwork that she left behind. Um, and that anyone who's interested can view at strangepuppets.com. It has a bunch of her artwork and I'll add more of it later on because like any artist, um, you know, she hated a lot of her work after seeing it for a while and she wants she would take a lot of it down. So I'll I'll put some of her work, more of her work up on there eventually. But yeah, thank you for letting me talk about that because it, it's it's such an important issue, and I know there are other people who struggle out there with depression, and uh, I've I've been glad to hear from so many of them over these years. You know, just knowing that she's helped save some lives. You know, I I talk about her being an organ donor and how that's helped some people, and it's just all these little things. So there's a lot to digest in there. It's not a something you're going to read in one sitting, but uh, if, if if any of what I've been talking about speaks to you please uh, go to the site and, and learn more about me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I highly recommend mm -hmm. people check it out. I did not know about this part of your life. And like you said, it's dense. There's layers to it. We right. uh, have a friend who took their life two weeks, three weeks ago. And I'm talking a distant person that we used to hang out with all the time. And then you just see the aftermath of it, all these people who don't even see or talk to each other anymore, reaching out to each other and being like, I have no idea, what could I have done? And so I can't imagine what it's like when you're yeah. in the inner circle and the and the connection that the two of you had. So so thank you for yeah, sharing yeah. that. Thank you. Yeah, it's the, the collateral damage of something like that. Uh, you know, it, it, I, that's when someone is at a low point like that, you know, I wish they could see the aftermath by how many people yeah. it, it impacts, because no matter how alone you feel, there are so many people that really care about yeah. you and are devastated that you're gone. Like, like I'm, <laughs> I think of myself as a broken person at this point, you know, I'm, I'm still moving forward to make her proud. Like that's, that's the whole thing I'm trying to do here every day of my life is, is do things that would make her proud. But, uh, you know, I, I'm definitely playing that game that you just talked about where I'm, constantly thinking to myself like what could i have done uh yeah you dream of time travel or multiverses where this didn't happen it's it's just it's an annihilation of the soul that's that's okay i can describe it so good let's let's talk about something fun all right well this brings us to the final question and it's my favorite question melissa <laughs> Collect myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. Collect yourself. Yeah, okay. we all we all struggle with with this kind of grief, and and these days it's even more pervasive. You know, being so lonely in the pandemic. Yeah, and, I mean, look, I'm so. a sad little goth guy, and I start every single episode out with, "Oh, hey, I'm glad you're here," because I think somebody at some point in their life wants it needs someone to say, "Like, I'm glad you're here." Do I? Feel like it's hokey maybe but in the off it's chance not. that someone listens to one of the episodes it's... and feels that for a second like that's all intentional this stuff is a real bummer it's, you know it's awful you know, knowing that you know there are people how many people are afflicted yeah with this you know on, on and it's all on different level, levels of course but it's 
and it's a very personal thing. You know, it's it's there's no one way to experience depression. Everyone's experience with yeah. it is different, and same for you know suicide. You know, and it's just the, the only thing you can know is you know that you are not alone. It's, yeah, there is there's help. There are people who truly truly care about you. Yeah. And I feel like, too, sometimes, like, we maybe aren't can't get the help that we need in a moment or something, but something that can be really helpful is a video game. It is talking about an awesome Jeff Goldblum movie with Jeremy Sisto and KNFDM <laughs> on the soundtrack. You know, it is looking at someone who has made this beautiful miniature of a video store, and you're like, I see that tiny little poster in there. I remember that poster. Mm -hmm. How did she do that? Like, there's such an important thing in entertainment in you know listening to people communicate to each other and laugh and whatnot like i listen to way more people who are friends than i have friends in my life <laughs> like there's people i don't know and i put them on and i feel great and it's you know there's there's something to that so i would just like people listening to remember when you hear this last question that it's a silly one that's all this is a <laughs> this is a silly one. I'm so excited that we get to some some depth and something very important in the episodes, but uh, but I also hope to distract you a bit with the final question. Absolutely, Melissa, what are your dreams like? What are my dreams like? Yeah, night night. <sighs> they ones. are they're crazy. Um, I usually remember a lot of them. Oh, okay. and this sounds so hokey, but like I have a lot of dreams that come true. And I find out a lot of things that are going to happen to me later, like through that. It happens all the time. It's very weird. You have like future dreams. Yes. Whoa. I, this is the first future dreamer in over a hundred episodes. <laughs> and it's been, it's for like major life events too. Like if someone's going to betray me or just like, <laughs> like really crazy things. Oh no. And I have witnesses where I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, I had this dream. Cause I, I usually remember them. They're, they're very crazy, crazy oh. dreams. When you say crazy, what are we talking about? I mean, like, I have, besides those hyper-future ones, I have, like, very creepy monster-type dreams. Okay. Like, mm -hmm. just, they're very colorful sometimes. And, like, they're very weird. Like, I could definitely, like, I, I could draw them, you know? They're very crazy looking. I love that. <laughs> I showed my wife the movie The Thing. She'd never seen it before. And that night she dreamt that her toe mutated and ate her face amazing yeah that was directly my fault she told me the next day wow uh, i did i dream a lot about being eaten by like audrey you know like oh little yeah shop horse. that's great and like diving in i just saw someone talking about the ending the that was originally ending. cut off. yes I, I wish that had been uh, oh my yeah. god so I'm, I'm making a miniature for that one day oh yes i kind of want to do that the original ending yes that's so good have to you kill that oh my god that'd be amazing okay roger what are your dreams like i'm not someone who remembers his dreams very often at all i will say that i know they're usually the, the times i have remembered them for the most part they're ridiculous they're just <laughs> i'm always like well that was stupid it was like one of the few ones that I remember, I was on an airplane and you know how they have the escape slides? Yeah. Of them? yeah. In my yeah. dream, I convinced the entire crew to let us turn them into water slides. Oh, like, amazing. That's a great dream. Yeah. But it's like stupid stuff like that. So I wish I could remember more of them. And maybe, maybe subconsciously I do because I make a lot of weird games with, with stuff yeah. like that in them. Uh, but 
I, I rarely remember them. Um, every night before I go to bed, now I I, I click on my uh, wife's wedding rings and I always tell her like I hope to see you in my dreams. And sometimes sometimes I know I have seen her when I wake up because I'm in like this oh, wow. mood and and I, I know I've got to. It's it's like another way to like live with her a little bit uh, more. So I do look forward to those times when I I know for a fact I've seen her in a dream, even though I don't remember all the details of it because that's I wish I was was better with that stuff. Yeah, but, uh, maybe maybe that's a, a good thing. Do you ever wake up and be like, oh, no, she hated water slides. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say that. I have. Okay. Can't say that I have. You should eat right before you go to sleep and you might remember some. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've never heard that. Food, food helps? Yes. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I was, <laughs> I was like, you're not supposed to eat much uh, late at night. And stuff, That's so swimming. I, That's I swimming. Haven't... Exactly. <laughs> well, you're, you're also not supposed to, but yeah, when you eat right before you go to sleep, crazy dreams really okay yeah uh, is there any specific kind of food you recommend or is it really uh something anything? with sugar sugar oh well, darn <laughs> <laughs> i literally i mean you can't see it done uh for people who are listening but i have brock's uh blueberry oh, yeah. banana and vanilla candy corns oh. from last season that i'm still eating there you I go right here <laughs> my desk. Uh, so um yeah big into the halloween stuff so Candy, sugar. Oh, Thank awesome. So I'm, I'm going to try this. Excellent. I, report back. I keep like Hershey Kisses next to my bed. So. Good choice. We have a, a freeze dryer in our commercial kitchen. And so my daughter wanted to have a food business like her mother. So she does freeze dried oh. organic berries in the summer. And the rest of the year, it's all Skittles. So we have freeze dried skittles <laughs> on hand everywhere. It's crazy. Amazing. But I'm, I'll amazing. be sending some with you as a little thank you for joining me and giving me so much of your time today. And so. I'll just wrap it up here with thanking you both. Thank you so much. It's so nice to meet you and to get so excited about all these different Likewise. things that weren't really brain scan related. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be like that. Just a natural conversation. We don't have to just talk about brain scan. Right. I love it. This is exactly. just like hanging out with some friends. Uh, this is right. what I would be doing anyway. Yeah. I mean, most of the time when I'm talking to people about Hideaway, they are at a farmer's market <laughs> trying to buy sauce or something from me and i'm just talking their ear off because i'm like no but think about it they go to a club people are dancing but god flesh is playing that's the band yeah like, FDM is in there it's it's like, like, yes. come on. what is this <laughs> oh man all right well thank you both roger it's i dash mockery or what am i saying? yeah i hyphen hyphen i hyphen m-o-c-k-e-r-y there it is. Uh, and there's no hyphen if you want to find me on social media it's just hi mockery that's right and melissa where can i direct people for you because i know you have the link tree that's on instagram yes. or twitter that has that's, everything yeah it's on my twitter mecca melissa i'm melissa k i actually think it might be like mk ultra on there yeah. still um i think it is yes i'm melissa k so mecca melissa like everywhere so perfect her cat is awesome by the way uh and uh, she posts photos on her twitter of it sometimes too right? yes so uh, i've seen the cat uh, crazy you, you know you're talking about like enjoying like uh, little things every yes. day like you know, her miniatures and stuff like also just looking at looking at pictures of like cats on on the internet i mean that yeah that still is what the internet is for and it it's never true. never and it still brings me joy yeah yeah 100%. i love watching animals eat it makes me very happy it's yes. going to sound gross, but a cat using a toilet brings a lot of joy to me. 
Yes. Just <laughs> the idea that they can be trained to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> There's like a video on my phone I showed my wife and my daughter, and they both were just like, what? Like, it just blew, blew their mind. <laughs> Made our day. So I love that. As always, I'm Dirk Marshall, and until next time, this has been VH Us.